My dad is so annoying. He always tries to act like he's a kid. But sometimes, it's not always a bad thing. We'll tell you why. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome! Another great episode of IBF On Demand. I'm your child at heart host, Eric Wilson. You can find me at eric at ibf.org. That's eric at ibf.org. And of course, we do have a sponsor, Archive. I want to thank them for being on board, your one plan SNOP software solution. I also want to thank our opening tease. That was my daughter, Sophia. Thank her for being here. She's behind the scenes for today. And I want to thank my producer, Scott. You never get to see him, but he's behind the camera. He makes the magic here happen every podcast. So thank you, Scott. And one other person I want to thank, you. I want to thank you for being part of this podcast as well. I said, I can't do it without you. It grows every podcast. We get more and more people on board. I want to thank you. I want to continue to build this community as well. So please, Definitely like this podcast if you're seen on Spotify and YouTube. Like it. Comment down below as well. But also, share these. The last podcast, I was amazed at how many people are actually seen sharing these podcasts on LinkedIn and social media and Instagram. Please, share these. So everybody else can see these as well. And then we that's the way we're going to grow this community as well. This is a community at IBF.org. It's a membership organization. We do a lot of great things and a lot of great training as well. So check out the training. I'm actually going to be doing one when I'm filming this next week. I'm doing a, a training too late by the time you see this. It's already in the past. But guess what? 2021 is coming up in a few weeks from when we're doing this. And we have a whole schedule already on our calendars at ibf.org events page. You'll be able to see boot camps. You'll be able to see online trainings. You'll be able to see a lot you can do there that is available to you that you can check out that you can actually attend virtually. And guess what? We're going to get back to some physical events in 2021 as well. So we'll be able to see each other at an event in 2021. Today, we're going to do kind of a game show type feel to this. Are you ready for this? You're a contestant, and we're going to see if you are smarter or can forecast better than someone between the ages of 6 and 10. The real question is, I think we should be asking, is what exactly do children know that maybe some of you data scientists out there or demand planners or people in this audience, maybe some things that you and I have forgotten. There was a great book I read once called Everything I Know I Learned in Kindergarten. It's a great book. You need to check that book out. But it's actually some true words of wisdom. I mean, think about some of the lessons we had when we were kindergartens that we forgot. I mean, and and one of the most important lessons I never thought I was going to use, but one of the most important lessons now is how to avoid cooties. That's one of the biggest lessons during COVID that we've learned that we're using today. So think about all those life lessons you've learned that were in time then beaten out of us or we've forgotten. I mean, simple lessons that are now overlooked. 
That's why we're going to be playing Are We Smarter or Can You Forecast Better Than Someone Between the Ages of 6 and 10. And like I do in so many of these podcasts, when I don't have the answers, I always go to the experts. Today's no different. I've got two fantastic guests that I'm going to go to that we're going to be able to let you know a little bit about what they're thinking. And they're an expert, truly an expert in this field. We have two experts, Ash and Lex. And let's go back to both of those and see what they have to say. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Lori. I'm glad you were able to join me today for this interview. I said, you're the expert today. Let's talk a little bit about school. What subjects do you like in school? You said you like reading? Yeah. Do you like math? Yes. You do like math. So, do you want to get a job doing math when you grow up? Yes. So, what kind of job do you want to get? What, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? I do want to be an artist. You want to be an artist? You do realize artists don't do a lot of math. No, but I don't like math so much, but I do like painting unicorns. <laughs> what? I got a question for you then. What do you think a forecaster does? Something that happens in the future. Something that happens in the future. That's a pretty darn good guess. What do you think, and I said there's no long answer here, but what do you think a forecaster does? Uh, uh. I forgot what a forecaster was. Okay, next question then for you. Walmart. How do they know what to put on in their stores? How do they know what exactly they should put in their stores? What do you think? Because uh, they just get some ideas. Just get some ideas from their mind. But and but how do you think the stuff gets there? How do you think the stuff gets to the store? They make it. They make it. Do they make it in their store? Yeah. I I think you're right because they got these doors in the back of Walmart. I've never been allowed to go back behind. I think that's where they make all the stuff. Where's your stuff come from? Santa. Santa. <laughs> Well, how does it get to your house? He he makes it out. Um, I don't know if he has a house or anything, but I think he ma- he has a house and he makes it there. Okay, good thing because I was hoping he wouldn't making it at Walmart with everybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> is Amazon store just like a Walmart store? You don't think so? Why is it different? Because the word is different. The word is different. You're right. Amazon's different than Walmart. The word is different. What do you think they have? What do they have at Amazon? Um, some phones, some computers, some internet. <laughs> They're even going to have a copy of my new book, by the way. So if you want to get my book, it's going to be there too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you going to read my new book? Well, uh, not. No, you're not going to read my new book. That's a great endorsement. I'm going to put that as my endorsement as, yuck, I'm not going to read your book because it's about math. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for Christmas? Yes. So, I got a question for you. This is the last question. Do you think Santa's going to be wearing a mask then because of coronavirus? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Ash. Bye. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Rex. It was a great interview. You've been very helpful to our audience. I want to thank you, Rex. So, as I said, they're the experts in this field. <laughs> so, uh, half of what I do, okay, three-fourths of what I do is entertainment value. Look at the sweater I'm wearing this week. Three-fourths of what I do is for pure entertainment value. So, hopefully, there's a little bit of entertainment in there. But back to what our actual subject is and thinking about some of those skills, some of those things that those six, seven, eight-year-olds have that we've forgotten, there's some true life lessons we may be able to pick up there. And I'm talking to you, data scientists and engineers. You're some of the worst sometimes. I'll be honest. We've forgotten a lot of that creativity and some of the aspects that we had when we were in kindergarten and first grade. Great life lessons like children, they they don't have the biases that we have a lot of times as adults. A lot of the you know, past experiences make us what we are, but they also sometimes bring some baggage into our forecasting process or into our projects that we're working because we're already jumping to conclusions before we even get to the end of our, uh, for, ma- uh, our, our modeling. We've already jumped to conclusion of what the answer is going to be. We bring those biases in. I mean, you can tweak a model to say exactly what you think it's supposed to be. Those biases, we didn't have when we were younger. And that's a really life, one of the life lessons we have is think about those biases you have. All that life lessons, is it coming in, is it helping? Or sometimes is it really, that past is really messing us up. I think another life lesson we have is the curiosity. I mentioned this, you know, creativity, the curiosity that really exists in a child that we seem to lose when we become adults, sitting in a job, having to forecast and looking at these numbers and, and looking at what is the right and wrong answer. We lose that curiosity of what was the question to start with. When we were kids, we took things apart. And I mean, Think of the benefits we have in forecasting and planning and, and data science in taking a problem apart and understanding exactly what the components and what the drivers may be for the question that's being asked. Finding new ways to really attack a problem through trial and error. Just trying something out. Maybe it didn't work. Let's try something else. Okay, it didn't work. Let's try something else. That curiosity we had, we seem to abandon when we get into a cubicle or get into an office and start putting on adult clothes, which I'm not wearing today, by the way. See the sweater. So it's that curiosity we no longer have. Also, 
guess what? You're going to be wrong sometimes. Kids are wrong sometimes too, but that's okay. They're wrong with confidence. One of the lessons I used to always give my teams in planning, when I say be wrong with confidence, and when you're presenting a forecast, you're not going to be, go back, check out the podcast, don't say forecasts are wrong, but you're not going to be 100% correct. There's going to be some ambiguity in numbers and, and, and outcomes that have happened, but that's okay. That's what we're presenting. But when we present the, that hesitation or fear in what we present, guess what? We lose the audience. We lose the confidence of the audience. Be wrong with confidence. Give your answer and say, yes, this is my wrong. Uh, but here's the why it's going to fall in this range. And here's the unknowns we have for this. Here's what we do know. Here's why we came to this conclusion. This is the collaboration we had, and, and this is the answer that we got together. Come to the table and be wrong with confidence. That's the beauty of a child. They are. They're wrong with confidence. They'll tell you the answer. Yeah, they're. But they understand there's an ambiguity in those as well. And with that, being we don't always know everything, admit, one of the things we need to do is admit we don't know everything, being we don't always have the right answers, and being there's always some ambiguity in the answers we give, we have to understand that sometimes there is that thing called being wrong and not sweating the small stuff. That's another lesson we can get from the children as well. It's not sweating those small stuff. Laugh it off. We don't wallow in the things that's out of our control, and there's a lot of things out of our control right now. We don't worry about those small stuff. We, we get wrong. Hey, guess what? That's okay. We'll do something else. We'll try something else. We don't see error as an outcome. It's, it's really part of the solution that we're working with. And that's really what we have to understand. We're not sweating it. We're really working with what we have and working with it within the things that we control and explaining the things that's outside of our control. I think lesson number five now would be they ask a lot of questions. <laughs> think about a child and, and how many questions they ask. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Why? 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 Speaking of the whys, think about, you ever heard of the five why principles? The five why principle. If you really want to get to a true root cause or get to a, a meaning something, you ask a question why five times. It, there's a whole lean process around the five whys. But guess what? Bringing that into your forecasting process. You're, I've heard complaints a lot of times about you know sales not giving me the right information. How do we get the information out of sales? Be a kid. Revert back to your childhood. Ask why. Why? 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 Ask that. They give you an answer. I think we're going to sell more. Why? Well, because, you know, we're going to be running these promotions. We're going to get these. Why? Well, because when we run these promotions, we generally see, you know, an uptick. In it. Why? Well, because it's going to be more on the front end. It's going to be on an end cap. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. What kind of uplift should we get? Well, I think it's around 27. Why? Well, because 
ask those questions, you're going to get to a root cause and you're going to get to some dialogue that then builds collaboration between you and sales that you then can use inside a forecasting process. Challenge as well. That's the other thing. When you're looking at asking a lot of questions, it's also about challenging. When they're giving you, you know, just, hey, we're going to have, I think the forecast is higher. Okay, why? But you're challenging those assumptions. Even if they have specific, you know, idea of what they're going to do, doesn't mean you still don't challenge it. They can come and say, yeah, we're going to do a sales promotion. It's going to have a 18.6% lift in this month because of this. Okay, still, you can still challenge those assumptions. That's part of what we do as a forecaster. We ask a lot of questions. We challenge assumptions. That's a skill set that every child has. And it seems that we don't do enough of now. Number six, think anything is possible. We got Walmart making presents in the back and Santa delivering presents. Anything is possible. There is nothing outside of the realm for kids. But we can't really think that because we're told things don't work. You can't do that. That's not possible. We're beaten down all of our life. By the time you get my age, you just give up. But that's part of the problem. Really, when you're going to a problem and you're trying to solve a problem, it's not just the same formula you maybe threw out last week. Think about that problem. It's not impossible to really rethink it. Look at every problem as a potential to be solved in one way or another. And have that anything is possible type of attitude. And and with this, this really becomes that part of my pet peeves as well. Because I think companies, some of you bosses out there that may be listening to this podcast, you're the problem. Yes, you. And companies, you're the reason why we don't have enough of the thinking we can solve the impossible. And and with that, don't always only praise the winners. Reward suggestions as well. You can have just as much positive things come out of a failure sometimes than you can for some of the successes. But if you just beat down the, you know, if you didn't win, if you didn't succeed first time out, and you throw those away and you beat down those people, you're going to lose those suggestions. There's a fail fast type of culture. And a lot of the big companies are doing it. A lot of the big tech giants are doing it. The Amazons, the Googles, it's a fail fast type of culture. And it's the reason you see the growth that you do in those type of industry. It's allowing anything really to try And we actually reward not failure, but attempts and suggestions. And you understand that early on, if it's not going to get the results you want, it's not a fail. It's a redirect or what lessons we learned to then try something else. It's that attitude that encourages innovation. It's that attitude that encourages suggestions. And it's that attitude that no longer discourages people from stopping trying and seeing every solution, every uh, problem as a potential solution. Number seven for us, share, or at least we should share. And I have to admit, 
in kindergarten, I didn't get good grades on that one. I wasn't one that wanted to share my crayons. But that's a lesson that they taught, and it's a lesson that we need to carry in now to our current planning process. Collaboration is key. We talk about this. We talk about this. We talk about this. Sharing with others. Playing well with others. These are, you know, life lessons that, guess what, work pretty well now when you're in an SNOP process, a boardroom, in a demand planning process, being able to collaborate. And part of sharing is giving them something that they need as well. It's not only taking. It's not only give me this. Okay, give me your numbers. Give me that. And if you don't, you know, this is what's going to happen. No, it's sharing. So think about your collaborative process. And if it's truly a sharing process, what are they getting? What are you giving them? What are you giving to sales? I get a lot of questions. I say, how do I get sales to cooperate? Well, guess what? What are you giving them? What are you providing sales that's beneficial for them so they give you information back? So sharing's a two-way, that's what I learned in kindergarten at least. Sharing goes both ways. I can't keep all the crayons and take everybody's crayons. I actually have to give something to somebody else every now and then as well. And the last one I'm looking at, number eight then, and lessons learned from kindergarten that I'm going to use today in my demand planning is always learning. You have that curiosity. They're always observing. They're observing everything around them. They're always observant. As adults, we seem to lose that. We're going to, we stop learning. Got out of college. Hey, I'm done. Hey, I got my job. I got my plaque on the wall. I'm done. No. You continuing learning every day. You continue to learn outside of that. IBF. I mentioned the trainings that we're doing in 2021 next year. Look, there's opportunity you can learn and grow, which I'll give you some credit. You're listening to this podcast now, you know, 20 some minutes into it and you're still here. Kudos. Congratulations. So you are continuing and learning and growing as well. We need to continue to do that because really, there's two different applications, implications when I look at continuous learning. First of all, I mentioned the always observant. You have to look at the small things. When you're looking at problems, you're looking at a model, looking at things that you're doing, understand the small things. Understand the small driver that may be, understand a feature that may be driving a model. Understand a, a, a variable inside your model that really may be driving different result that is really throwing things off. Understand the components of the model, the small things inside that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, understand and look for those small things that really are impacting big outputs in your in your process. But then I also alluded to it already, it's also you personally. It's the big thing, you yourself. Always be growing, always be really looking to how you can advance and how you can better yourself on a daily basis as well. Look for opportunity. IBF, they got a lot of journals. They have, as a member, you got the journals. You got the uh, demand-printing.com. You can go to, there's research, there's webinars. Outside of this, go to, you know, different conferences. Continue, continuing ed- your education on type situation. Looks at new ways you can, you know, grow personally. Read. I got 
somebody has a book coming out here and soon uh, that you can be able to get on predictive analytics. Other ways you can, you know, that's growing our field. That's something you're definitely going to need to look at going forward. So check out that book on predictive analytics for business forecasting. But check out ways you can personally grow. So kind of our lesson learned then from our kindergartners, from our first graders, is not letting the bias define you now. Understand your own personal biases and never stop growing. Keep an open mind. It's okay to be a kid at heart sometimes. It's okay to be creative. Bring those skill sets into currently what you're doing now to expand. We talked about those soft skills in the last podcast. Check that one out. It was a great podcast uh, that we did talking about those soft skills. Learning agility was on there. Creativity, critical thinking, those things. Those are lessons learned that we need to bring into our planning process. And then maybe, just maybe, you could forecast better than a first grader. Mentioned the training at the beginning. Those are some of your technical skills. Those are equally important. Talks a lot about the principles in our training as well. So I invite you to go back to IBA or check out some of the e-learning we have training. Learn some of those technical skills you have. Learn about the principles of demand planning predictive analytics, forecasting, SNOP that you can have and bring into your process as well. Once again, my name is Eric Wilson. I'm at eric at ibf.org. It's eric at ibf.org. I want to thank Arkiva, your one plan SNOP software solution. I want to thank our two very special guests today, Ash and Lex. Thank my daughter, Sophia, for being part of that. Once again, thanks, Scott. Thank you for being behind that camera. Uh, does a fantastic job making the magic happen today and also thank you once again for being part of this we're at the end of the year this is the last podcast for 2020 when we're doing this so i want to thank everybody very much for being part of this what my prediction for 2021 you ready i'll let you in this is my prediction for 2021 after what's happened in 2020 i have no idea there's my prediction for 2021 so the last lesson learned from kindergarten. Here, I do have one more lesson. So listen very closely to this. So I do have one final lesson you learned from kindergarten. You can't forget now as an adult. Don't forget. Wash your hands. <laughs>